to the Never Own Podcast, a podcast open to everyone, especially Claudio's taxi driver. My name is Luke. I'm your host of the Never Open Podcast, and with me, as always, is Mr. Guy. Say hello, Mr. Guy. Hello, Mr. Guy. You know, Luke, the showbiz kids are making movies of themselves. They don't give a fuck about anybody else, and I'm so excited to talk about many things today, mostly, almost all, to do with Dominion 2023 at Osaka Joe Hall. Man, it was quite a show, and I think we're going to get wistful about it because it was like, I mean, stuff's happening, Luke. I'm excited about it. We got a little bit of news, and we also have a wrestler diary, so all that and more today on the Never Mug. That's right, and if people want to contact or interact with us, they can. We're on the Tweety. The Tweety was popping off last night during the Dominion. Uh, we're there uh, at Never Open Pod or individually. I'm uh, at Grumpy2EB. Mr. Guy is at Drusifer Tweets. And you can send us written or voice emails if you so wish. That's uh, neveropenpod at gmail.com. And if you've got a bit of extra money and you want to look never as fuck, then we have a Teespring store. So buy our shit. Yeah, yeah. Please. Luke, before we get into the Dominion, the big news of the day, and that is that uh, there's an ROH spoiler that just came out, like just came out several minutes ago, and it right. was uh, that Mercedes Monet wrestled on the most recent uh, ROH taping. So I felt like that that was important to say. So she's better. Her ankle's no longer hurty. She got her Never Open podcast ankle brace on the Teespring store, and now she's good. <laughs> this was recorded before she got injured, wasn't it? What was? Never mind. Uh, the the, uh, the tapings. I mean, it doesn't. No, happen. it's a, it's huh? literally a taping happening today, which is why I'm telling you that it happened oh. like an hour okay. ago. So. All right, I'm still having my first coffee of the day, so fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, they'll be swearing everyone in, in case you've never heard this show before and you're not aware of that. Oh, we do yeah. swear a lot. We swear at each other. So. Yeah. Good and at the wrestlings. Yeah. Fuck wrestling. Fuck shit. That's right. Especially that dude who did the thing that I didn't like. Oh, by the way, Luke. Man who didn't lose. (laughs) I will. I do have to mention, um, I did watch the post-match comments after this, and uh, I will throw in sprinkle in a a couple nuggets. But at the same time, I do have one I have to tell you right off the bat, and that is that uh, since we're talking about cursing, that uh, Zack Sabre Jr. teaches Fujita how to say cunt in the backstage comments and then tells him not to say cunt. <laughs> it's really funny. So. He's a word to, to learn. He says it. Now, never do that again. That's he's like funny. that. He said that's for private. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So there is a small piece of news before we start talking about Dominion. And that is, hey, there's been a match change up. Rather than it being the semi-main event, uh, Wato versus Hiromu will now be the third last match because 
Claudio, his flight was delayed, so uh, he might not even make it. Will he make it? Yes, 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 he will. And uh, <coughs> not me neither. You can always just tell, like, uh, hey Naito, when you go out for your, for your eight-man tag, can you do us a favor? Yeah, what? Take ages to take your clothes off. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, they got to get out of that building by midnight or something, probably, or you got to pay for the next day. So, you know, it's like the hotel room. You got to check out at some point. But, yeah, you know, they probably did have a limit of some time. But at the same time, it does affect the show a little bit in a way. We'll talk about it as we go on. But, it, you know, it, it's kind of for better and worse, uh, the the movement of the matches. But, Luke, um, this show, are, are you ready to talk about it? Damn straight. Okay, it it takes place at Osaka Joe Hall, which we've been to many, many times. And as you know, I am the building facts guy here on New Japan Podcast, or the Never Ever Podcast. I mean, every New Japan Podcast has one. I'm ours. So here it is. Uh, Osaka Joe Hall, it's a multi-purpose arena located at uh, Kiyobayashi area of Osaka, Japan. And the hall opened in 1983. It could seat up to 16,000 people. I think there's probably like eight or nine thousand there that night uh and uh, it's built on a site area of 300 or 36,350 square meters holy shit part of its form uses stone walls modeled after those of the castle at osaka and it won the osaka urban scenery architects prize special award in 1984 i was four years old luke but i knew about that and each winner 10,000 people come to the hall to participate in the performance of Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. Oh, that's that's lovely. Uh, which one is that? I can only think of Moonlight Sonata. Which is actually a third movement. And uh, it's, right. you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of parts of that, that symphony that are really good and all, you know, kind of better than that end part. But at the same time, that's all people remember is the uh, Ode to Joy. So. I had a uh, I had a movement this morning before uh, I jumped on here to do a podcast. Oh, you now, did? <laughs> was it a bowel movement, you son of a bitch? Yeah, I think I think so. It wasn't very musical though. I, was, I was it the first or the third? Was it the Fantasia? Was the recapitulation? <laughs> <laughs> Prestissimo? I mean, this like is a lot, Fantasia, lot of, there was all these yeah, little ones and that's different kind of fantasia but yes but luke uh this is this place is packed the crowd is not miked it like they have been miked in the past it's like they're they're very loud but at the same time it's like when the main event happens i'm like oh my god either they turn the mics up or these guys kind of didn't care nearly as much about that any of the other matches i think it's the mics really honestly because they're pretty crazy most of the night but luke we have a triumphant return to commentary. There's Kevin Kelly, Chris Charlton, and Gino motherfucking Gambino's back. Yes, he is. And I, I wrote down a couple of funny things he said this night. Uh, look, there's I only have two criticisms, I guess, or two things I didn't like tonight. One of them involves Gino. One of them does not. Uh, we'll get to that. They're all one's a tiny little nitpick. It's not that bad, but. Oh. I think I know what it is. He was set tripping. Yeah. We'll talk about that. But that's uh, right. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Now, Luke, there is a match that started oh. the show that was not aired on New Japan World for unknown reasons. What happened? I well, there are unknown reasons, so I don't know. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, we were we were talking about it on the Neverrealm last episode that hey, we're we're looking forward to some uh, young line action, but why is it a kickoff? And then they didn't even air it, so we we've got a kickoff, and you don't even get to see it now. Buy our pay per view. Okay. I think they've been listening to the show and they got embarrassed by the whole kickoff thing, and they were like, "Oh, you're right, Andy. That is a terrible thing to call it." We're just going to get rid of it all together. So I apologize. That was my fault. You, are, I accept your apology. That's mm-hmm. mighty big of you. Thank you so much. And uh, now we have – I'm glad this match is on first because we all knew he was going to win. <laughs> okay, what? but, I mean, it was the bigger man to apologize about that, but it was also the bigger man who started the match. And it turns out it was a – I just want to tell people what happened. Jesus Christ. It was a five-minute limit consecutive battle match. It was a gauntlet. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, Broken Arm Young Lion grabbed out his buddy, Nakashima, defeated Oscar Lube in the end. But I think he was also the last one to come in. So that is uh, what happened in that match. It doesn't exist. What a heel. Comes out last and he just wins. What a bastard. But, <laughs> Triple H. But, uh, <laughs> all right. So let's start us off with Lance Archer versus uh, Will Ospreay. Uh, I guess Lance is coming out looking like is it is it a predator? Is that the look he's going for? Looks all right. I like it. He looks uh, like Mister Moisture to me. Uh, he actually done something that I kind of missed because I haven't been seeing it lately. And uh, Lance pun- punches out a couple of young lions, and I was like, "Yep, cool. That's pretty awesome." There's a kind of late version of the Katamari Gambit, so the longer you leave it before you do the Gambit, I guess that <laughs> that's what I mean. But he, he, he goes for it, Mr. Lance Archer. He tries for a chokeslam through a table. No. Flying forearm. And uh, Osprey moonsaults off the top rope already. Chokeslam, no. And an Ozcutter. Hidden blade, no. There's a lariat by Archer. I, I like this match. I know you don't. This match, it, it's, it's pretty good. I liked it. Archer does this kind of huge Thez press looking thing. Like he's just gone, ah, and the guy. It's. Yeah, it's Jonah's shit, man. It's yeah. The, you know, the standing splash. Come yeah, on, well, Jonah's not, not really doing anything. You're not really doing anything. Uh, well, compared to Bronson Reed, no. No, I'm not. Even you about a royal. He wrestled, uh, he wrestled um, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura on Raw, like, the next day after we were bitching about him being in battle royals. <laughs> he lost, though, I'm sure, so... Yeah, 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 he probably did. Uh, we'd hate to use him as the monster that we hired him to be. Never mind. There's a a cannonball by Archer to the outside. He gets here. <laughs> There's no no blackout. There's a kind of a leaping hidden blade, but the, the commentary don't call it that. Oh, it's a leaping forearm. I'm like, if he does it to the back, isn't that a hidden blade? But uh, Billy can't do the storm breaker breaker because he's uh, he's got his hurt shoulder. But he does hit a Spanish fly. I think it's off the top right too, which will pretty good. There's a blackout, but uh, Osprey kicks out. There's a uh, kind of a really huge and really cheeky, cheeky Nando, uh, Nando's kick in this. They, uh, uh, <laughs> it took a little while to set up, and it's no one's fault. It's just that Archer's a really, really, really tall man, and to fold him in half in the corner like that. It takes a little maneuvering, but they do manage to do it, and it looks kind of nice. I liked it. Uh, another Stormbreaker, that, but no, uh, Chokeslam for two, and then uh, and then we have, then we see it. Uh, Will Ospreay must have been watching his fucking Roman history, 
because there's uh there's more hidden blades in this than uh, than Caesar took. So uh, hidden blade, there's like five hidden blades by Will Ospreay to various parts of uh, Lance Archer's head, which is a nice creative finish. It's something different from both of them too, and I liked it. Osprey won, of course, uh, because you know no one can take that many stabbings. And, excuse me, and that's it. Yeah, after the match, uh, Billy gets on the mic and he's like, "I'm coming for you, Omega. I want a me- I want a revenge. Oh, revenge, bruv. And everyone in Canada is a fucking asshole." <laughs> yeah, that sure was a match, Luke. It wasn't bad, you know, but here's my problems with it is that there's these big false finishes for Lance Archer and they just don't work. They just don't work. No one believes he's going to win. Why? Because he doesn't sell. So I just it's not that he reason. <laughs> he doesn't no one, sell. <laughs> no one believes he's going to win because Forbidden Doors coming up and Kenny Omega, you know, no offense. to Okay. Archer, but the Kenny Omega match with Osprey was right. always to be where they're going, right? But yeah, you're right. But still, I just and he doesn't know. sell, I, so two reasons. And he doesn't sell, so I just he, I don't know. I, he just refuses to sell, and it's frustrating because you know this match kind of suffers because of it, in my opinion. Now I was happy to see him back and everything. I just yeah, I, I don't know. Just he's he's not my favorite wrestler. I didn't hate this match either, Luke. And you need to quit making assumptions at the top of these. You, I know you didn't like it. That's what you accused me of. I liked it. It's fine. Mm. It just Look, wasn't great. It's Dominion. I want great. What's Lance Archer's place now? Because he obviously doesn't have a place in AEW because they never put him on. Put it this way, uh, Eddie Kingston's on AEW TV more than Lance Archer, and I haven't seen Eddie Kingston on TV for months. Yeah, that's right. They've yeah. got Eddie Kingston, and I haven't seen him on freaking Dynamite or Rampage in ages. Yeah. I don't know what the hell he's, they're doing. He's been injured. Oh, he has? Okay. So yeah, I'll shut the fuck up about surgery, that then. So. All right. But it's All right. still All right. You're right, All right, though. How many guys like that do they have? You know, they have a million. But and so Not only like that, with Lance Archer, where's his place in AEW? doesn't feel like he has one. And now that Suzuki Goon has broken up, where's his place in New Japan now? Like, will they find him one in a faction, or they'll just be like, ah, oh, We'll have him come down. Like, he's not even in the G1, Mr. Archer, so. Good. I mean. Um, yeah. He's a man without a country, unfortunately. But, yeah. uh, Luke, some men that know what country they're from and what country they're in. It's next match. It's an eight-man tag, Luke. It's the continuing oh, yeah. story of just five guys versus LIJ. And it is Taichi, Takamichinoku, Kanemaru, and Doki versus Naito, Shingo, Bushi and, t- <laughs> and uh, this. Okay, so we got a problem with the show. It's a problem I've mentioned many times on New Japan shows. It's that everybody is doing the hot shot start. So Lancer already did that once. We don't know. Maybe the Young Lion match did it. We're not sure. But this match does it too because LIJ attacked yes, for the do. bell. Oh my God. It only really makes sense for one match, and they do it in that match. So that's cool. So we'll get to it. But um, Naito 
he isolates Doki immediately, and I'm so mad at him. But Doki just gets his shit in. And Love just it. five guys, they isolate Bushi, and it's great. But this match is like heel on heel, so it's just both teams trying to get heat on the other one. <laughs> it's kind of funny. So Shingo boots, beats up Kanemaru for a bit. We get a double tag in from Taichi and Naito, and the place goes nuts because everybody feeds in for Axe Bomber Party. It's awesome. Naito cuts Taichi off like a fucking jerk, and there's a goofy timing thing here where Teton has to like wait for Taichi to get up. I blame Teton. I think it was Taichi. Taichi's fault. Don't tell anybody. No, no. But he, uh, he, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but he and Doki do some tag moves together, which gets my uh, wheels turning, you know, as far as uh, I just I would just like to see Taka Michinoku win. Well, well, how fun would it be if the guy that like put just five guys together started winning matches? He said he's going to change too. Well, when's that going to happen? So, but LIJ go, uh, you know, and also I was starting to think, what about like, him and Doki were doing tag moves together. And I'm like, oh, that could be a great tag team. What, you know, let's let Kanemaru do his own thing. And, uh, but that's not what we're doing. So anyway, LIJ, they go four on one versus Taka. He's got no chance. And LIJ, they all hold Taka down. So Teton can do a double stomp and it looks really ouchy. And Taka has to tap out to Teton. Fuck it's you. Be- it's because like, apparently Taka does not like Lucha Libre. So they held oh, him no. down to make him take uh, moves off Teton which uh, I thought was fucking hilarious, uh, even though T-Tan gets the win. At least they made me laugh while they were doing it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Gino makes me laugh because, hey, there's no Doki Choki in this match. So there's one nitpick number one is over and done with. Done. No Doki Choki. (laughs) But anyone with a keen eye might have heard uh, Gino say, Naito was choking Doki and I wasn't happy about it. So that's about <laughs> as close as we... Naito was choking Doki and I wasn't happy about it. So that's about as close as, <laughs> as you get. I do like that uh, when uh, LIJ did attack, uh, Naito went straight for Doki and I was just like, yeah! Uh, you, you and I had seen a few of these matches by now and so... It, we did a bit of fantasy dream book chat to each other. And I'm like, what if Naito pins Taichi and they have a match? And you're like, yay. What if Katamari uh, does his own thing while Doki and Taka tag? And I'm like, yay. So we're having all these little ideas. And it's just like, mm, now nah, T-Tan's just going <laughs> to tap out Taka. I mean, oh. it makes sense. The crowd, the crowd wanted to see T-Tan win. So I get it, you know, uh, we want to give the crowd what they want at all times, right, Luke? So we'll see how that works out. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't get everything I want tonight, but I did get something I wanted tonight, and uh, that is uh, this match. It is Catch 2-2, or Catch 22, that is uh, TJP and Francesco Akira versus the Intergalactic Jet Setters, that is Kevin Knight and Kushida. My first note here, I wrote, remember writing it, and then I had to read for like the next five minutes how much you hated uh, TJP's outfit. But my first note was like, "Ooh, I like the green skull outfit. And then I was like, I'm going to hear some shit about this from Andy on the show after I say that. But because uh, you were just like, I hate it. It's trash. Get him out of here. Don't book him. No, I'm. I don't think I said any of those things. I just said I didn't like it, probably. But I think I. I'm putting know, words in your mouth. Gideon what he thought about that and he didn't respond to any of my tweets today which I was really mad about usually he responds but then again it's bad days for for Gideon as the show goes on I'll talk about he does uh he does have one of my favorite tweeties of the night 
which is after this match, actually. So let's – excuse me. Nice. But yeah. very professional. Kevin Knight yeah. and Akira start off. So uh, I love this start because the two older veterans are like, all right, let's go to our corners and chill. And, uh, and Akira and Knight are just like, let's fucking go! Driller killers with them too. Yeah, driller killers with the Empire Boys and uh, TJP and uh, Kushida are just like, fucking chill, dudes. Like, what the fuck? The fuck? <laughs> Doesn't work because these two, Akira and Knight, just go for each other straight away. They miss drop kicks. Then they start strike exchange. And I love this match because it's all action, doesn't let up, and the finish goes my way. So. <laughs> oh, my good. Uh, I just I just loved it. Uh, I really liked Kevin Knight in this match as well. It's, it's Oh, my God. All right, so this is one part where Kevin Knight's on the apron and he's going to do like a moonsault onto the dudes, right, or, or jump over the ropes. So... Kushida grabs the ropes and he's going to do the thing where he puts, you know, helps helps with that extra little bounce, right, of getting Kevin Knight up in the air. Yeah, well he does that, and then holy shit, he overshoots, almost lands on his head, and I'm like, holy shit, is it got this guy okay? And, and I'm, I can, just, I didn't say that out loud because I can just imagine you going, all right, Mark, like you did the other time. <laughs> he was fine. Yeah. This match is awesome. Lots of near falls, lots of awesome moves. I get to see Kushida do the double uh, wrist lock submissions on both uh, Catch-22 guys. I, I get to see the the take picture, the the uh, you know the uh, drop kick, electric tread drop kick by Kushida and Knight. They do all of the moves. It is awesome. But what I, the one thing I wanted was I wanted Catch-22 to be the champs again. And my God, it happens. It's awesome. And it's, I think, a bit of a redemption for uh, Akira as well, because I think he got pinned to lose the titles. So here it is. There's a, I think they do a double team move and then the double fireball move that they do. And then Akira pins Kevin Knight. So I thought it was nice. Uh, a little bit of revenge there for Francesco Akira. I really like this match. I'm glad to see the boys with the tag titles again. Because they were awesome. What do you think of this? I enjoyed this quite a bit. I mean, it was what you want out of a you know juniors tag match. And because we got the vets in there, there's all kinds of great storytelling. I also uh, like this move. Okay, so you know, catch two to do the running. I'm gonna get you, you know, thing where they're both gonna kick a guy at the same time from different directions. Which you know, there used to be a move called total elimination. It was kind of yeah. like that, you know. So this is kind of like partial elimination. Canyon so, and satin. Yeah. So uh, this is partial elimination, and that's kind of what they hit a few times, which I like that. But uh, but Luke, this match is important, but it's what happens after that is kind of cool. You know, we had Dan Maloney ringside during this match, and he yelled "fuck" a lot of times, and it turns out that he was yelling that at United Empire, not for them, right? That's right. So post-match, you think, all right, cool, Clark Cummins comes out. He's going to challenge. Wait, he's by himself. Like, And then Clark's like, yeah, I'm not here by myself. And the driller killer, oh, no, he betrays the Empire boys. <laughs> There's a beatdown on, uh, on Catch-2-2. Driller killer on Akira. Mega Bullet Club heat, by the way. Osaka is just fucking raining down booze, which is awesome. It's exactly what you want. 
mega heat on that, and then a no chaser on the TJPs. So not only do we have the, the team I like being uh, the tag champs again, they have a fresh they they got a fresh tag team to fight, and they got a story, and they're gonna want to get revenge on the Jeweler Killer. So I'm in. Awesome. It's wild. It's like New Japan just realized they have tag titles this year. They're like, oh yeah. man. We could do like stories with these that aren't stupid. <laughs> it's great because they're doing a... them with all the tag titles. Like yeah, I know the strong and the heavyweights are connected, but the six mans have got stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I yeah. love it. It's awesome. It. So this does make a lot of sense too because Dan Maloney, like he would help United Empire get the titles by cheering them on because he wants to win them off them, not the jet setters, right? So, like, he knew about this the whole time, and he explains in his post-match comments that he can't even smoke a cigarette without TJP or Akira being like, oh, man, we, we should, you know, do stuff healthy and do this. And he wanted to go out for a beer, and um, Akira didn't want to. And so he went out for his beer anyway, and guess who showed up? Clark Connors. And so Gato had called him, and that's kind of how this all came together. It makes sense, and it makes him a giant piece of shit, too, because United Empire got him to the show. And he's like, fuck you. <laughs> so that's <laughs> pretty great. I enjoyed that segment quite a bit. And Hell it's yeah. just the, the first step of our Bullet Club getting younger story because, man, it sure is, and it's awesome. So. Hell yeah. All right, Luke. Next, we have the IWGP oh TV title match. It is 15-minute time limit. We get promos at the beginning like we always do, and uh, Jeff Cobb does a good job. He doesn't botch it. And then Zack Sabre Jr. just yells something Japanese and walks right out. So, <laughs> it's great. I like literally one word. I don't know what he says. Maybe it's cunt. But uh, anyway, so this match starts, and like Jeff Cobb's trying to do that like Oklahoma like whatever the thing where you like grab a guy, you bear hug him into the corner and then do the power slam. So he's trying to do that a couple times this match. That's what he tries right off the bat. All right. So he tries the power slam, but then Zack Sabre Jr. Counters for strikes and loses the strike battle. You know, uh, we get our obligatory finish attempts from both guys. Like they do in all of you know, new Japan matches. You want to try to win right away to get the crowd all excited. It's wonderful. Move for move counter for counter. Everything looks great. And Cobb hits a drop kick. Great reaction. Zach hits one. No reaction. <laughs> I don't know why. That was so funny. The crowd's like, nah, we're not interested in that drop. We've kick. seen Zach do a drop kick. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so there's strikes right in the middle of the ring, and Zach Saber Jr. selling his ass off as only he can do. And he keeps getting up though. Drunk sell, and he eats a lariat, finally going down. Power moves from Cobb, and he tries uh, the running power slam thing again that started the match. But uh, now we get all kinds of incredible submission counters from Zack Sabre Jr. as they kind of like start standing and then he like jumps on him and then they end up rolling around on the ground and it's fucking terrifying. It's awesome. Zack Sabre Jr. has one arm. Then he gets one leg, but Cobb is just too strong and just shrugs him off. They're like laying down too while this is going on. So like Cobb actually shrugs him off while they're laying down and then he, you know, and in lieu of a rope break, and we hear the call for five minutes in, and a million things have happened already. So uh, we get kicks for Zack Sabre Jr., and Cobb stares him down and just throws Zack Sabre Jr. Samoan style. Tremendous. Awesome bumps in the corner as Cobb just throws Zack Sabre Jr. around the ring, and it's it's just tremendous. So I'm really in love with this match. So 
every time Cobb tries for a power move, though, like like a you know one that's going to take a little time to put together and do a lot of damage, it it's he can't because Zack Saber Jr. is then in the proximity he needs to slip a submission on. So like Jeff Cobb's fucked when it comes to Zack Saber Jr. I got to get close to you to put these moves on, but when I get f- close to you, I'm fucked. So it's you know it's pretty great. Zach finally tries some fuck your arm and hits a goddamn German suplex. I know. <laughs> so, two PKs with Cobb kicking out at one on the first one. Huge power moves and Cobb does the Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, O'Connor roll for two. <laughs> what? So that was really cool. The crowd loved that. And Cobb finally gets a spin cycle. He tried that uh, uh, earlier in the match and Zack Sabre Jr. tries the roll out, but out of the ring, I mean, but Cobb just grabs him and pulls him in the ring and hits a set, uh, German suplex yes. into the ropes. And Zack Sabre Jr. is going for a tour, but no, he counters with a really cool looking like crucifix bomb pin, like somewhere in between those two moves. And wow, he wins in just under nine minutes. And that was tremendous. Luke? I thought this match was better than their first match. Uh, I love their first match, but I think we both agreed, like, as good as that was, the ending wasn't quite as sharp as the rest of the match. Well, now they're doing it again, and guess what? The ending is as sharp as the rest of the match. So, for me, this is automatically a a better match, even though it's a a lot shorter, of course. The ending is awesome with that, that crucifix kind of bomb out of nowhere from the Tour of the Islands. Such an awesome finish which is, you know, something that usually happens with Zack Sabre Jr. matches. So I, I loved it. I love seeing him try for a German, no, and then eventually get it. And then, like, two minutes later, like, his, his German is, like, really low, really hard fought, you know, because Cobb's a big guy. So Cobb does a fucking German suplex, and and uh, by comparison, it's almost like uh, Cobb gives him a Watosian suplex or something because it was fucking huge. <laughs> In comparison, it was awesome. Oh, man. And I like how hard both these men were going because, uh, hey, we had, a, we had a draw last time. Uh, not happening this time. And they just go crunch each other. I loved it. I would have yeah. loved to see another draw just because it would continue. But, uh, you know, after the match um, in his backstage comments, Zack Sabre Jr. was like, he's like, I barely won. He's like, that guy is so fucking strong. And... You know, he said that he's kind of bummed that he didn't get the submission win, but he'll take it. But he won't try to win by count out. He's not doing that shit. He also called out young talent, said, I thought this belt was supposed to be for young people. Who the fuck are you, mate? You know, so I thought that was funny. <clears throat> and then this is where I got beef with Gino Gambino because he gets Whoa. called out. Yeah, he gets called out by Chris uh, Charlton and Kevin Kelly for fucking set tripping because Gino's like, oh, TMDK, they're my guys. And they're like, what? I thought Bullet Club were you guys. And then Kevin's like, you can't be in both factions. And Gino goes, I can do whatever I want, Kevin. (laughs) It's one of my favorite uh, Gino uh, commentary moments of the night. (laughs) Uh, By the way, there's... (laughs) If we're throughout the night, one of the wrestlers will say a word in Japanese, and uh, and Gino will just be like, "Are you here to translate that, Chris?" <laughs> He's a little late on those sometimes. So I think that there were several times too where Gino would say something, and then commentary would just go silent for a few seconds because they're just laughing. <laughs> and I think that. 
Chris Charlton gets popped by Gino like no one else because there's like there's a little pre-show video of them and like Gino just kind of like forgets what he's doing and he's like oh yeah yeah we're recording and like Chris just loses it (laughs) he can't even look at the camera he can't even look at Gino he's laughing so hard so (laughs) these guys I mean you could tell they picked up right where they left off at Wrestle Kingdom and their commentary is fantastic tonight and they only get too goofy towards the very end which is fair enough you know so Absolutely. Uh, it was really good commentary and it had me in stitches at some some points as well, especially uh, some points of this match because uh, here it is. It's our three-way double tag team title match. Yeah, it is Team Bishamon, which is Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto oh. versus House of Torture. Evil! Yay! And Yujiro. I mean, boo. What a move. I don't know. And then you got... Uh, <laughs> The team I wanted to win the most, uh, that's Greater Khan and Aaron Hanare. So, uh, all right, we've had the uh, the Lance Archer Billy start. That's fine. That has a Kanemaru Gambit. There's sort of one in the LIJ and uh, just five guys. How's this match start? Huge Kanemaru Gambit onto the Empire guys by uh, by House of Torture. By the way, uh, a part of this, uh, something happens early in this match that makes me laugh so hard. That uh, it takes me a couple of minutes to be like, oh, oh, notes. I gotta do notes. And uh, it's Yoshihashi deciding to pull a new move out of his arsenal and do a tope or a plancha. Or, you know, he, he tried to do a fucking flip off the top rope. And not only does he splat on the ground, I'm pretty sure his head hits the freaking apron on the way down as well. <laughs> and I've got tears in my eyes and I'm laughing my ass off. Uh, I already see you've made a mention of it to me, and uh, we've both made tweety comments about it too, so we're, we're both fucking laughing in hysterics. And as I'm still laughing, the match is still going, and I'm just like, oh my god, Yoshihashi. I wrote to you that like seeing Yoshihashi pull out a new move is like seeing Tonga Loa pull out a new move. Yeah. Uh, it's it's yeah. both... It's both impressive that, like, they decided to do a new move and also scary because the move just looked oh. absolutely... Well, stank. Yeah, we should get those three in their own faction to be Yujiro, oh. Yoshihashi, and Tonga. <laughs> well, they need a ju- ju- they need a junior for their group, so uh, we can chuck Yo in there, and there uh, go. we're all good. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Yoshihashi and Goto too. But uh, one thing I really liked about this match is not only is it lots of fun, but I loved that it could go either way. I could see either one of the three teams having these titles. Uh, Sons Sons of Bitches also had me believing that Yujiro Takahashi could get the pin here. Uh, I wish the Empire Boys got the win. They did have opportunities to look awesome. There's a fucking huge rampage tackle in this match. Pretty sure it was on Goto. Absolutely amazing. Uh, (laughs) Great suplexes by Greater Khan as well. But uh, the end of the match is... Oh, by the way, throughout all this whole match, House of Torture does what House of Torture does. This yeah. team's about to win. Dick Togo pulls the ref out. This team's about to win. Show fucks up. Show fucks things up. And so the House of Torture guys, they're 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 doing everything they can to try to win this. And then, all right, probably, I guess, I guess some people might have liked this, but it it involves Yo, so you know I automatically don't. But <laughs> <laughs> but Yo comes out like he's Darby Allen with a skateboard, grabs Show, and just takes him out the back so show's gone and then after that 
there's a pinning predicament, and then uh, by the Empire Boys, I'm pretty sure, and then yank Togo yanks the ref out. So, ah, poor Empire Boys. Uh, I wish you got it. But the ending here is there's this gnarly-looking bulldog thing by Goto off the top rope. Uh, Yoshihashi's holding Yujiro up, or trying to, and Yujiro's already falling over. Uh, so Goto jumps over, grabs Yujiro's head, and there's a bulldog thing, and I'm like, all right, well, I, I, I'm ragging him a lot, but don't kill Yujiro, please. Uh, it, looked, it looked pretty gnarly. I liked it. Then there's a Shoto, and <sighs> Bishamon win. I'm not I'm not too upset about that. They just, like, the, the hottest tag team in New Japan, not only did they get injured and had to give up the titles, they've gone to another company. So I can easily see New Japan going like, you know what? Let's take our uh, tag titles, both of them, and uh, put it in a nice, comfy, safe direction for a month or two, or at least after the G1 or something. So I can understand why they did it. It wasn't my choice. But I still had a great fun time watching this match. Uh, there's something happened at post-match, but before that, what do you think? Yeah, I enjoyed this quite a bit. I wish that House of Torture would have mixed in a little more different stuff, you know. Uh, but there was two kind of, like, cool um, things from United Empire in this match. One, they did the Kitamaru pose and did, like, his one of his moves together that was pretty cool. So, uh, oh, yeah, Kitamaru, great, I remember him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, you know, Great Okan obviously has done some of that and Hanari has done that some in his matches. So they did that shit together. That was great. Also, they did a tribute. They did the partial elimination tribute to uh, Aussie open with the double Lariat. That was really cool. Yes, they did. So they also did a really weird looking double move where it's like sheep killer, but Hanari just holds the other dude's leg and it's like, I'm helping, you know? And, (laughs) Yeah, is that like a double submission? Like, what are you doing there? I like, don't know. They, they, It's like they couldn't figure out what was supposed to happen there. But I, you know, but props to Hanari for hitting an amazing move on Yujiro that the camera guys missed. I got beef with the camera guys over two things that happens in this show and has been happening lately. One, they missed whatever that awesome move was that Hanari hit. Crowd went bonkers for it. Mm. And also, they keep filming um, German suplexes from the front kind of want to see him from the side you know what i yeah. mean like yeah it, like we can't see what there's a move later on in one of the matches where we can't even see the person bumping so we don't know what the move is and like because of the way they're filming it so that's the first time i've ever been like what the fuck are you doing with your cameras uh new japan usually they know the perfect spot to hit a move from with the camera so it looks the best and i really feel like hard cam is the best way to look at, at a, a german suplex but that's you know whatever so, um, you know, I, I'm, you know, but I, the power of friendship, of course, prevails here. You know, it mixes with the power of boredom, um, you know, and, and fishermen are back they're back on top. And now you get your dream, Luke, which is the thing that you used to talk about all the time. And you used to say the name of them, Yoshi Two Belts, Luke. Now you got that. Aren't you happy for oh, Yoshi yeah, Two Belts? Oh, yeah, it is Yoshi Two Belts. Um, man, by the way. He's a two-time, he's a two-time six-man never champion. He's a two-time what world tag league winner, and now he's a three-time tag team champion. Remember when he'd had no belts ever? Holy shit! No, now he's a four-time tag team champion, I guess, because he's got both sets. So yeah, I don't know. I'm happy for Yoshihashi that 
he's getting at least some sort of success and uh, and all that kind of stuff. Good for him. Gojo doesn't need any of this stuff. He's pretty much done everything except win the big one. But uh, I'm I'm I'm, I'm happy for you. So. Yeah, which he'll never do now. He's he's too old. But I I, I don't know. Even though I rag at him all the time, I I still have a soft spot for for Yoshihashi. But uh, dude, they get challenges after this match. Yeah, pretty cool. Fresh ones. Wow, Gato really has. Gato's like, wow, we've got lots of people at the moment. Tag team divisions. Awesome. Who comes out wearing brand spanking new Bullet Club shirts, Mister Guy? Oh, it's only Gabriel Kidd and Alex so, the and the Android. Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> uh, if if uh, people listening don't realize this, uh, I have trouble saying Alex C's surname. Coughlin. Well, I'm, I'm confused now because forever we've been calling, calling Coughlin like with an F, and now they're calling him Coughlin. On yeah, see? commentary. So he's just going to be Alex C or AKA Android. Android from now on because, or just Alex. But yeah, him yeah. and Gabe Kid from the, you know, LA Dojo slash New Japan Dojo coming in. They're war dogs. They're making BC younger. I mean, Bullet Club got much younger on this show. So these guys joined Bullet Club. They beat up uh, Yoshihashi and Goto, which puts them way over with me. And we knew from the very first time we saw him, Gabe Kid was a heel. We fucking knew it. Oh, we knew it. He's, he's always a shifty heel. Uh, there's also a new way of doing a two-sweet, if uh, yeah, you didn't notice. Oh, I didn't Which see they did all night. So rather than do the usual one where they do the wolf hands and they kiss wolf hands together, they do the wolf <laughs> hands and then they put the back of their hands together like that. So it's kind of like oh. reversed. So that's how they're doing the two-sweets now. I like it. Uh, all right. So it looks like Bullet Club has a team of fucking killers. You've got David Damn. Finley. You've got uh, the freaking Driller Killer. Uh, <clears throat> you've got Clark Connors. Now you've got Alex the Android and Gabriel Kidd. <sighs> Plus you've got two guys that are probably going to stay in Bullet Club because they're also absolute killers and I would not li- not put them in other groups. That's also Kenta and... Taiji Ishimori. So you've got a you got a you got a group of you got like three bet veteran badasses there with a team of young hungry badasses and I I love it I love it it's nice. There's also House of Torture exists, but um <laughs> yeah I I Alex Coughlin after like complete psychopath with this too like he does oh this God. crazy face and he just left it on the whole time he was out there and I can't wait to see him do crazy shit with Gabe Kid but uh they were also like Gabe Kid told the crowd fuck you many times so um you know it's it's a shame that the android gimmick never really became what it was supposed to be but this is probably better and he's probably gonna make more money so now luke this show was a big deal because of the matches and the possible storyline advancement and we got a lot of that but it was also a big deal for another reason right that's right so before we get to the never open title match what do we do first oh you know we're just going to announce all the members for the all right, I'll do it. G1 Climax 33! <laughs> Stealing shit. Sorry. But uh, uh, do you want to take in turns? Do you want to do the names, or shall I just do it? 
Go. Why don't you go? And when you stop, I'll start. All right. We have. I'll write the, all these in order. So uh, there's no blocks announced so far, everyone. So uh, I can't say Okada, A block, or whatever, B block. We don't know. But we know there's like 32 people. So first, we've got Kuzuchka Okada. That's right. Next, we have Naito. And and uh, next, we got Sonata and Will Ospreay and Hiroshi Tanahashi. That's right. Uh, we also these are all kind of like names we're expecting. We yeah. get to some surprises later. We got Finley making his debut in the G1 show to Umino, unless he was in there as a young lion, which I don't think he was. And Shingo. Hell yeah. Uh, next, we have Tomohiro Ishii. Awesome. Tamatonga. Cool. I like him in G1s. <sighs> Fuck me. <laughs> Tonga Loa is back, everyone. I have nothing against him. I'm sure he's the nicest dude in, in the world. Fine. Awesome. He's in rings a bit stank. So, hmm. Yeah. But we do get Tamatonga and Hikaleo. So that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. You know, Tamatonga's or Tonga Loa has been out for like a year <clears throat> injured. So. Hopefully he's been improved and he's going to try some new moves that don't, you know, murder him. But next, Luke, from from Chaos, we have Goto, your favorite, Yoshi Tubelf, and Toriyano. That's right. Next, we've got uh, Kenta, Zack Sabre Jr., and Taichi. Isn't it adorable that they they announced Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. right after each other? I was like, Techers. That's right. Mental techers. Is, uh, by, that's what uh, Zach was saying at the end of his match. But uh, here, we, here we are. We have our first, what I'd say is the first of maybe two major, major surprises. Because uh, here it is. The Mad King himself, Eddie Kingston, will be in the G1 Climax 33. That is tremendous. That's <clears throat> where he belongs. Yeah. Like, he's going to, I mean... So he recently had like hernia surgery or something like that. So, and it's weird. Cause like, I don't know, so I guess, I don't know how often they tape ROH, but on the last tapings, he like came out and was like, yeah, I'll be back in a few weeks, you know? And so he was having surgery. So I guess he was doing that to get ready for this. You know what I mean? He's like, Oh shit, I better fucking get that taken care of real quick. So I I'm interested to see how he will hold up, honestly, you know? Um, and what's great about Eddie Kingston is whether he's shoot injured or not, He's gonna sell like his leg is gonna fall off and his heart's gonna fall off and it's oh, gonna be amazing. I can't wait. So uh, next, Luke, we have some uh, some uh, a returning guy, his second uh, uh, G1 climax. It's ELP, El Fantasmo, and then making his first. Maybe this guy was in it as a young lion. I don't remember. Ren Narita, and then um, for Bullet Club we have Evil and Chase Owens. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. He had a pretty Actually, good, uh, you know, uh, New Japan Cup. Remember, it was pretty good. Yeah, his G one was pretty good too. I don't, yeah, I, right. I don't have a problem with his wrestling. I don't. Uh, actually, I, I kind of rather watch Tongalo, but then, no, I'm joking. But next we have. They're in the same block. Yeah, Jeff Cobb. With Yujiro and Yoshiyasu. That's right. We're into the Empire section here because we've got Jeff Cobb. The Great Okan and Aaron Hanare. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got, uh, hey, how about, ooh, one, two, three, four, five, six first timers in a row with 
Gabriel Kidd, the Android, Mikey Nichols, Yoda Suji, and holy shit, Mr. Guy, Mr. Andy, who's the last person named on the G1 Climax 33? Did you say Shane Haste? So Shane Haste, and no, also, yes. okay, Kid Akiyamiya from Noah, the guy that, oh. <laughs> that got all shitty with Okada. So he's finally, like, thank goodness, because, like, he's going to do really well in the tournament. And hopefully, you know, him and Okada are in the same block. Otherwise, that could be a giant spoiler. <laughs> You know, so now, Luke, there's that's those are some really great debuts. I thought maybe Mikey Nichols or Shane Hayes had been in this before, but at the same time, who knows? It could have been New Japan Cup. They definitely were in that. I'm excited to see Gabe Kidd and the motherfucking Android in there. Man, that's cool. What a great way to debut a tag team, too, because they're going to be, you know, apart and we'll probably get some like uh, preview tags at some point. And so they're going to, you know, the, we'll get to see them kind of like come together as a team. Uh, but here's kind of like there's 32 um, people. So I don't you know, that doesn't divide by three very well, but it might divide by four. So I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure what they're going to do, How if they're going to have like four blocks this year or if they're going to have like, you know, two gigantic blocks. Because I think the traditional one is 20, 20 people, right? Like 10 in each block. I think that's how it works. So. Yep. I think the like, if Eddie and Kiyomiya weren't part of this lineup and they just chose, like, oh, there's no Yujiro in this tournament, too. Oh, my God, that's no, fantastic. There isn't. Oh, my God, Luke, you're right. Wow. That's oh. awesome. I can't believe that. I, did, I can't believe I didn't even notice that. That is really great Dude, news. It, it, it really is. But, uh, oh. <clears throat> like, they could, they could have just done what uh, they did for – well, actually, I'm pretty sure they did just do what they did for the best of the Super Juniors. It was all of our New Japan Juniors, and here's a here's a couple of outsider surprises. We got Dan Maloney and uh, Speedball Mike Bailey, and uh, yeah, we got it here too. You know, I guess a bigger scale. Uh, Eddie Kingston and Kiyomiya. Oh my God, I marked out for Eddie Kingston, but I lost my shit when Kiyomiya was announced. I was like, what? Yes! Oh, the all crowd right. did too. <laughs> You know, he's the last one announced, too. And, like, yeah. man, that's so cool for him. I, I also, that means that maybe late in the tournament or maybe before, we don't know. Maybe there'll be some guys from Noah to do preview tag matches with them. Because that's how they did it in 2015 is there was, like, two guys, three guys from Noah in the tournament. But there's other guys, like, you know, remember when Royce Isaac shows up? He's not yeah. in the tournament, but he's just there to, like, do, you know, preview tags. So. Yeah, I'm hoping that that's what we get because it'd be fun to see, you know, Goshizaki come back, guys like that. We'll see. But uh, Luke, that's exciting. And yeah, like, you know, at this point, this show was on at 3 a.m. for me. So I kind of had to do some sleeping shenanigans to figure you know, out how this was going to work. So I got up, at, you know, I was up, I was watching this early. But by this time, I am not even thinking about sleep. I'm so fired up for the show. I'm just like, what? I don't even want to sleep ever again until this, until, you know, fucking the G1 happens. So, <laughs> uh, and you know who else is like never tired? And it's not Tanahashi. It's Marty Asami, the greatest ref in the world. He's here to make sure that this goes off without a hitch. It's the never 
title match, another open weight title match, Luke. And it yeah. is ELP versus David Finley. Now, this can only go one way, right? Because ELP always loses. And, you know, I guess they're kind of, they want him to chase. That's what's going on. And the whole storyline of man, ELP was a fucking asshole. He stomped on everyone's crotch. He kicked everyone in the face with a loaded boot. And no one's going to help him because fuck him. And he realizes that. I think that's kind of what this match was, was him realizing he's on his own. You know, whether he's in Hauntai or Team Unaffiliated or whatever. But this is great. So ELP, he has, um, like, he has new music. You like it, Luke, right? Hey! simple hey yeah i liked it hey i liked it because oh i like this the tune i'm not sure if i like it as much as headbanger because that was awesome but yeah. i do like the new tune but uh he did like sonata new faction new look new music new everything elp well i don't know about faction yet but you know new look new music so you know cool tamatonga Cutthroat era, real. Oh my God, get a new, get it, get get a new theme tune. Yeah. I I I feel confident that he will, you know, for the for the G1. He's been gone a while. He's got to have new shit. But uh, but anyway, never open title match, right? Yeah. So um, you know, Finley comes out and he's got all the new young guys from from Bullet Club with him, and they kind of do like United Empire a little bit during this match. They don't directly interfere. They act like they're going to just for distraction, but they don't, you know, so it's kind of interesting. So we get another hot shot star Luke, and this is the only match where it makes sense. So <laughs> maybe the six man title, you know, but this match definitely a hot shot start. So I'm not mad at it, even though it's like the fourth one of the night, but uh, huge Kenny Omega dive from ELP over the guardrail springboard style oh on the top God. rope, like right out the gate. He does all his flippy shit off the ropes and stuff for huge crowd reactions. And listen, uh, ELP gets his fucking ass kicked in this match for a good chunk of it. And the crowd never stops chanting his name. I mean, they are all in on ELP, which is awesome it's because so it means good. they hate Finley. This is great stuff. So Bullet Club, they block ELP from doing a dive just by getting up on the apron. You know, which is just kind of indirect, like United Empire style. And uh, Finley starts the heat with punches, which is very upsetting to Mario Sami. He is not okay with it. He yells no, at, at everyone in this match. He's so mad. So he just gets off the rails and he can't handle it. So ELP chance as Finley beats his ass all over the fucking place. He throws ELP into the ring post on the outside more than once. And Finley gets out of table. They tease big moves on it, and we forget about the table after that. The table doesn't exist. Forget it. It's even there. So more heat on ELP. Great camera shot here where ELP is selling in the ropes where he just got his ass kicked, and he's looking into the camera, and Finley's behind him like, yeah, that's right. I kill people now. This is what I do. So Gabe Kidd yells in the mic, in like Kevin Kelly's mic, that Finley is the most dominant Bullet Club leader ever. Kevin says, Gina was just saying that. And Gina goes, I said that. A That's right. Star. Please give me a tracksuit. I said it. You guys are awesome. <laughs> that made me laugh. So there's all kinds of heat for a while. And then ELP starts to come back and hits a Bret Hart uh, uh, 
what's pinpoint elbow and then uh bullet club use distractions but again they don't directly interfere and now it's finley's turn to sell as elp gets some great strikes in and some of his old school cheating stuff he stomps on the crotch he gets the purple nurples to you know obviously babyface reactions in this situation so you know no back breaks though i don't think but elp powers up uh, after an exploder suplex and they start hitting each other hard and finley uses an eye rake and gets the backbreaker for a double down there's really good looking kicks from elp here and he hits a big lariat for two heavyweight style yeah elp do it this is a crazy dominator slam from finley that is just terrifying <laughs> It's so scary. And he uses the ropes to get ELP up there. So there's like this kind of extra spring on it. It's terrifying. Uh, trash Panda, but sudden death for two. All right. Burning Hammer. This is so funny because ELP loads up and they're like, what is he doing? Oh, <laughs> commentary is like, would you look at that? That's what Kelly said. <laughs> can't, you can't call that move a burning hammer because it's like, you know, it's like a super finisher from all Japan, you know, and you can't like it only got used like three or four times in the whole history of the company. And it never didn't finish a match. You can't call that because this doesn't finish the match. I found that very amusing. Uh, ELP gets dives on Bullet Club on the outside, but they don't catch him. And he goes splat, just like Yoshihashi. So, uh, <laughs> Finley cuts him off and hits a powerbomb through the table that we have forgotten all about on the outside. Powerbomb in the ring. Another in Oblivion Panda. Finley gets the pinfall victory. Luke, after the match, Bullet Club, they pose standing tall over ELP and Finley taunts Shingo, who's on Japanese commentary. What'd you think of all this? All right. <sighs> I loved it. Uh, uh, and part of it is like, oh, I'm in a spot where uh, my favorite title is in a very interesting position on the new leader of the Bullet Clubs. Now, <clears throat> my only teeny tiny nitpick, and this isn't the one of the two nitpicks, the only teeny tiny nitpick I had was I knew ELP was losing. Why? All right. We've got how many new Bullet Club members tonight? Yeah. He's not He's not, He's not. not losing his title tonight. There's no way in fucking hell. But I do like that spot that you mentioned where ELP is going to go for a dive, and as he turns around to bounce off the ropes, there's just a wall of Bullet Club killers. I saw right there. And she's like, you know what? I don't think I'll do that dive now. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, I thought this match was fucking awesome. Hey. Finley's got the memo. What a perfect title for him to have if he's going to kill people. The never-open title. Because he's, he's, he's brutal. His, his offense is good. I don't know that people... Can people still say that, oh, he's just Jay White light? Can they, people still say that? Are people still saying that? Because oh, I think that's bullshit. Uh, I feel like I just feel like I said this ages ago. I feel like he's the anti Jay White. And look what he's done. He's kind of stacked this team with uh, new, young, hungry killers that are just as hungry as he is, and uh, I, I like it. New Young people, just revamp. Uh, I'm just, I'm over the moon. I like new, I like new fresh shit, so <laughs> this is just, hook it up to my veins, and they're telling, I know ELP loses, and we don't, didn't want him to, but he does, and, but we, you and I have to believe, with the reactions he's getting, you know, that uh, they've got a story in mind for him. They've got a faction in mind for him eventually. They've got all this planned because just listen to the crowd here. And they've been doing this for ELP for ages now. 
you know, just uh, getting behind him. So I don't know. I, I, I like his story where it's going, because you're right, after uh, nut stomping, back raking and uh, kicking people with with a loaded boot, uh, everyone's just been like, oh, you left ball club. Yeah, it's great. You're still a prick. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, so Charity watched the show with me, most of it. Uh, she uh, didn't watch a lot, some of the start stuff, but she watched most of the show with me. And she's, she was like, wow, I really like this ball club. They look like a uh, cool bunch of bullies, which is what I, which is, uh, I think that what they're going for. So I'm into it. So I'm riding a fucking wave right now of amazing. Like G1's been announced, Catch 2-2's won the titles, Zack Sabre Jr. Cobb was amazing. Uh, we've had Bullet Club thing, story stuff, the G1 Climax announcements. I'm riding this freaking wave. And I just saw a never open title match that I really liked. So I'm especially like white riding this wave of just like, wow, Dominion's fucking crushing it. I'm happy. They can't do anything wrong. All right. So Wato versus Hiromu Takahashi is next. And here is, yeah, this is my, this was my number two uh, thing I wanted to discuss. Is this match awesome? Yes, it's fucking incredible. Uh, however, I just hated the finish. That's pretty much the only part. Uh, <clears throat> see, I, I thought the story they were telling in this match was the story of the best of the Super Juniors that we saw with Wato. Wato gets his ass kicked, manages to kind of build up and some offense and turn the tables and hit a move and and get the win. Except that's part, only part of what happens. Does Wato manage to do, to do those things? Yes, but except for the getting the win part. Uh, it's just... It's... What frustrates me, Mr. Andy, is tag team divisions. Here's some fresh feuds and, and stuff. All right, here's some new factions, here's some fresh faces, here's some new feuds, here's some new things. So from start to bottom in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, I'm feeling like I'm getting new, 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 except for one, and it's Hiromu Takahashi, uh, who's, like, officially got, definitely got to be, like, the Okada of the juniors now. And uh, uh, you probably know how I feel about that, dear listeners and Mr. Guy. Uh, I find it, yeah, I'm kind of. Don't win too much. Don't win too much because then I I understand. You're right. It could be a lot. And I thought Master Water was going to win for sure. So I was uh, like disappointed when he lost, but I also didn't really care that much because it's fucking Master Water. And it's Takahashi. This is like you just complained about no new matchups. This is a new matchup. I know. I know. So, but. I liked that uh, the story here was just, it was all there. Wato gets pinned by Hiromu, and Hiromu's the champ. Wato kills himself winning the best of the Super Juniors, and you're just like, oh, he's got this other chance now. The story's all here. He gets his redemption here, and he'll beat Hiromu at the big one. No! <sighs> and? Well, I, I think that you can, you got to walk before you can crawl. So, like... Yeah. I, if I would have sat and thought about it without any emotions, I would have thought to myself, well, is Wado going to win Best of Super Juniors and then win the title in the same, like, all-in-one go? Or then what else do you have for him to do? And now he's the champion, and then he can't be beat or something like that. Or he just loses it. So, you know, I think they're being careful with him here. 
And I'm not mad about it. And this match was yeah. fucking awesome. So. Oh, it is. It is awesome. And I loved it all the way up until Time Bomb 2. And I'm like, oh, fuck. God damn it. One, two. And there's been a couple of high-profile kickouts in this match already. I'm just like, one, two, kick out, you son of a bit. No, fuck you, blue-haired motherfucker. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's amazing. I was on the edge of my seat throughout all of it. Uh, it had me believing that Wato was it was his time and he was going to pull it out. But alas, he did not. And it's the story of the night, too, because so far LIJ have won every match that they've been involved in. I know this is only the second one, but, you know, they want to make LIJ look strong before the main event, I guess. So, you know, oh, they've won all their matches. Well, they do the clean sweep, I guess. I guess that's where they were going with it. I don't know, man, but I felt like Wato proved himself on the lead up to Wrestle Kingdom, and I felt like he proved himself in the best of Super Juniors, but New Japan's just like, nah, we're just going to keep it on the road, man. It's fine. Yeah, I don't think think his momentum is stunted by this. He almost won. It was... It was a huge match. I don't know. I, I'm not mad at this at all. He'll always be called the best of Super Junior 30 winner. So, you know, he'll always have that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, you know. He's going to be hopefully. champion one day. We know that too. Yeah, and hopefully he carries that fucking thing around with him for the next, like, year like Harumu did. That'd be so funny. The the, the trophy. <laughs> so. Oh, man. You know, maybe he'll hit somebody with it. Who knows? But uh, I don't know. I That did not bring me down. However... I think that that match suffers and the next match gains a little because of the yep. match order. So I think that, you know, Master Watto is supposed to be in the semi-main and maybe that would have, you know, the crowd was stomping their feet. They were getting louder there than they had in any other match. However, I, I don't know. I just think it hurt it a little bit, but my God, it did help this match. that doesn't need any help. Just a little bit more. Just that little bit of extra. It's the semi-main now. You know, it's more important. It's the six-man never title match, Luke. It's Ishii, Tanahashi, and Kazuchika Okada, the champs, versus the challengers, Shota Umino, John Moxley, and Claudio Castagnoli. And Claudio is late getting there, as you mentioned. They come out through the crowd. And this match is crazy before it even starts because, like, they, you know, the battle club guys, they come out and they stand there and they're supposed to pose while they announce their names. But no, John Moxley just walks away and starts like going, yeah, I'm fucking here. I'm going to fucking wrestle. It's just going crazy. <laughs> and so they're just looking at him like, and like Shota was even like, come on, man, come over here. And he just doesn't. And it's really funny. So you kind of know this is going to be fun. Uh, and Okada is just completely ignoring uh Shota. Shota's like, I want to start with Okada. And Okada just goes to the apron. <laughs> Crowd's like, ooh. So instead we get Claudio Castagnoli and Tanahashi to start, which is the uh episode art for this episode. This was some fucking awesome wrestling, man. I haven't seen Claudio wrestle in a long time. He was always great. And I mean the dude is just tremendous. You want to talk about That's a guy where Everything he the everything he does looks like it hurts like hell and probably doesn't and is amazing looking. That's like this guy, right? So he's tremendous. And uh, Moxley gets mad in the middle of this and just interrupts because uh, Tanahashi's doing the air guitar. And he's like, not in my fucking ring and runs over and just stops on him. <laughs> it's great. And Ishii gets in to fight him. And they do the goddamn thing. I think some of the highlights of this match are Ishii. 
uh, oh. versus John Moxley and then Tanahashi versus Claudio and obviously Shota versus Okada. But there's a lot of other stuff too that happens, but those are kind of your, your highlighted guys uh, and, and, you know, opponents there. So there's teamwork from the old guys. That's who I'm, what I'm going to call them. The old guys who take out the combat club guys. Right. And Claudio goes with Tanahashi and my goodness, like they can't, I can't get enough of this. So it's magical. He, ta- he tags in Shota Umino who calls out Okada and Okada can't ignore Shota this time because Oka- uh, Shota just walks over and just attacks him. It's like, okay, well, I got to fight him. So he tries his fucking bullshit. He knocks him down, tries to take uh, Okada does. He tries to take Shota Umino to the floor, but Shota overcomes some of the offense to kill Okada with the ring post. That's awesome. He picks up a table and throws it at Okada. It's a, <laughs> and he walks around doing the like Conor McGregor swag thing that, you know, John Moxley does. That's right. And it's, ridiculous so claudio at this point is over by uh english commentary uh you know and he tells gino that his shirt is too small which pops the other two guys and they just can't talk for like, <laughs> like two, the whole minute goes by of them just like they cannot they're just like laughing it's amazing so i think that's pretty funny there's heat on okada as the the combat guys they tag in and out and uh, Claudio hits a deadlift gut wrench suplex on oh Okada. That's like one of the most amazing moves I've ever seen in my life. Oh my goodness. They're, they're all being shitty with each other too. It's awesome. They're like coming in, you know, and hitting each other when you, they're not supposed to. Everybody's cheating. It's great. So they stop a fucking mud hole in Okada, just like you think. It's great. All kinds of tandem moves from the combat guys. And then Okada and Shota are in there. Whenever they're in there together, it's extremely violent. And it every time they touch, it's more violent than the last. It's it's, it's so great. Amazing. So Tanahashi gets a hot tag and destroys everybody, punctuating by slapping the shit out of Shota. So everybody's feeding in for Tanahashi. The timing on this is amazing. Tanahashi choo, hits a move. Boom. Boom. Here comes another guy. Hits a move. Boom. Fucking look. Turns around. Shota Umino standing there. Pause. Slap. It's like if if that that was like the greatest drummer ever playing a beat. You know, that's what's going on there. Uh, the timing was so good, man. Awesome. So Moxley gets in versus Ishii and all of our dreams come true. They just do amazing never shit. And somehow Moxley mm-hmm. starts bleeding. OK, so they're like, I guess they're they headbutting each other and they're just hitting each other a little for reals. And so Moxley just starts bleeding. It's like, well, his his blood is just like nah man we're not cool in here we're trying to get out so they do so tanahashi helps ishii with a random sling blade out of nowhere and ishii moxley they just keep doing the never shit and i don't want it to ever stop so shoda and okada tag in and this is where it gets really violent okada's just a massive prick like hitting all these like stiff looking kicks and stuff and slap and then he puts on the money clip to silence fucking hilarious so then okay this is where he gets really violent right and and you know but here's what happens he shoots shoda in the ropes or he goes into the ropes himself but hit runs into a big drop kick which is what he always does and so shoda does that to right on okada and then this is where we get it i had predicted that you got to do the giant swing on ishii and okada must have been like nah man they're calling the match he's like no i'm taking the giant swing the most insane giant swing you've ever seen 
Claudio picks up Okada in the middle of the ring and almost keeps hitting him his head on the ropes, and he's terrified looking. He fucking spins him for a minute. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> and they're two very tall men as well. Yes. Tall, two very, very you know, long, lean, lanky men. It's like it's like someone who's like eight foot swinging a guy who's also like eight foot, and it's just yeah. insane. It's amazing. And this is but, uh, where some, yeah, some sorry. more fun sh- shit happens here. So we get yeah. the shield triple power bomb from the Bullet Club guy or the uh, Combat Club guys. So many clubs. And then Okada is alone with Shota. Dropkick. Rainmaker. But no! Incredible three-stage reversal death, dro- death rider for two from Shota. It's fucking awesome, man. He's ready for another one. But everybody gets in the pool. Shota ends up alone versus all the old guys. So super three-way DDT, but Shota kicks out. Bouye spot. Okada screams in Shota's face, like, try it, bitch, or something like that. Hits a Rainmaker. Gets the win. Holy crap, Luke. <laughs> I thought this was the perfect finish as well. Like, <clears throat> I didn't think they were going to... Uh, I think I thought the two most pinnable dudes in this match would probably be like Ishii or Shooter, and it had to be Shooter and it had to be Okada because it feeds this story. I love the Okada story right now. This guy's got multiple enemies gunning for his blood, and he and oh, I was going to say he doesn't even have a title, but he's got the six man. But you know what I mean? He doesn't have the world championship, but that doesn't matter to these these guys. Okada's got a target on his back, not just from Shooter, but also from Ren Narita. And from Kato Kiyomiya, yeah. all three men are in the, uh, all, all these men are in the G1. And uh, I wonder if they're going to be <clears throat> either eventually wrestling Okada in the G1 or they're all in the same block with him. And Okada's just like, oh, fuck. No, I mean, I can imagine Okada being in the same block with these guys. And he's just got, yeah. got a big grin on his face going like, these guys ain't shit. I'm going to win this fucking thing. So, oh, these stories with Okada are awesome. And they're all backburner stuff too. Like these, these, these are little feuds or awesome feuds that Okada has that are just going to keep picking up from where they left off when eventually when they get around to it. Because post match, oh, Moxley gets on the mic and he's like, "Oh yeah, well, hey, Okada, we got a message for your ass." Oh my god! And I can just imagine that uh, you know that song by uh, the Lonely Island. I just imagine this happening to you as soon as brian danielson's face is on the screen i can imagine you going did i just in my pants uh because on the titan tron brian danielson cuts the promo and he's just like hey yakata oh you, you think you're the best in all that shit huh yeah we'll see yeah it's pretty much effectively challenging kazuchika okada probably at forbidden door and hell yes I want to see this match big time. So, fucking hell. Daniel yeah, Bryan, Brian Danielson versus Kazuchika Okada. It's happening. Fuck. Yeah, the crowd does yes chance, you know, which is fucking great. And, uh, man, Daniel Bryan is fucking – this uh, promo makes no sense. It's a really cool line, but it's like – he's like, yeah, you know, Okada, you think it's going to rain – but we're in the desert because where there's no rain, it's like, yeah, but you guys are going to fight in Canada. So. And, and Okada's like, I don't give, 
I don't give a fuck where we are. I can make yeah. it rain anywhere. And I'm thinking to yeah. myself, yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. I mean, I thought that was really funny. Also, the setup to this whole thing is just amazing because John Moxley's trying to get a microphone, right? And so he just starts grabbing mics off the fucking uh, the table, the timekeeper's table, but he doesn't turn any of them on. So he's like talking into two, like, which one of these is on? Which one's on? And And he hands it to Abe. And maybe it's not Ave tonight, whoever it is. And he hands him the uh, mic. The guy just turns the fucking mic on with the little switch on the side, hands it back to him. And Moxley stops, looks at him, and goes, Orgato, right? And the mic and the crowd loses it. So, I mean, this is major. You know, this is my favorite wrestler of all time, finally, you know, sort of being in New Japan. He's not in New Japan, which is, you know, but it's, it's, I mean, I would really like to see him wrestle in Japan in some situations, this will be a great opportunity for him to kind of do something he's probably been dreaming of doing ever since he came back. So I don't know, man, I'm excited for this. This is obviously huge for me uh, in particular, because he's, you know, my favorite. And the fact that he's facing Okada, I love that. I mean, like that's not, we wanted Zack Sabre Jr., but I feel like that could happen anytime. You know what I mean? I feel like versus Okada is something a little more special. But uh, that's pretty cool. Well, Luke, um, I have a John Schmanchma stat before this main event that I think everyone will find very interesting. So I was thinking, okay, the main event, you'll tell us who's in it here in a second. But I'm thinking, okay, it's two new guys that have never main evented Dominion that I know of, right? So I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, who is, you know, uh, main evented the last 10 Dominions? And I'm thinking, well, Okada's in there, right? You know, he's probably mm-hmm. a big one. And Tanahashi, Naito, anybody else? So Zach I look. Sabre Jr. at least twice. Uh, okay. Um, of the last 10 Dominion main events, Okada has been in eight of them. Whoa. Right? And Tanahashi or Naito were in the other two that uh, that Okada was not in. So my point being you know, a big theme of this show is the youth movement thing that we've been talking about. That's right. And, and it's, it's real. It's like really happening. So there, I mean, unless this whole thing shits the bed, which it's not going to, it's working really well. This is what we're, this is what new Japan's going to be from now on. And I don't know, I'm really fired up. And I just, that stat, I think it's just the interesting thing. So show me that. Thanks for that. Like, like, look at New Japan's top guys, because uh, it's Gary Carter, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Tetsuya Naito. Uh, they're all doing interesting things without it being related to the main title. And you know, I don't know about Tanahashi, he's, he's getting on a bit, but you can damn well better believe Okada and Naito are eventually going to be in the picture again eventually. But right now, Gator's using his time to push new new young, young guys, and it's not just push them necessarily but also like establish them we need to establish all these young people we need to put them in factions that make sense and then establish them and show everyone hey this is what we're doing this is where we're going do you want to get on board uh, and uh i feel like you and i are like yes uh, we were already in the train we've been waiting for it to leave the station for ages so yeah not only are we on board We've been on board for ages. So, yeah. Uh, we were, fucking... We've been working as an usher for free this whole That's time. That's right. <laughs> tickets, tickets, please. Tickets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
Yeah, so I'm. Uh, I just, it's so exciting. They've got interesting things to do with the big, the big name established New Japan guys that we all know and love. But here's all these new young guys, and uh, here's what they can do. And it's, it's not just the booking that's working. The wrestlers are also making it work. So it's just, oh, I love New Japan. Oh, it's like those things are supposed to work together, huh? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And all right. So this match starts. It is, uh, or it is uh, the package is on and all this kind of stuff. It is Sonata and Yota Suji. Oh, by the way, the package music for Master Wato made it sound yeah. like he was going to get his fairy tale win, didn't it? I like thought it made it sound like it was his last fucking match. It was yeah, like, right? it was like this weird, really low key piano music. It was, I mean, probably Yo wrote it. Mm. Yeah. God. Yeah. Well, he's cheap. Um, it's just like, yeah, but we have Sonata versus Yoda Suji, like all the packages and the walk down to the ramp is starting. Right. And charity is just like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Cause she's hearing the commentary and what they're all saying. Wait a minute. For her, her brain is just like it's not working for here for this bit. She's like, wait. So Yoda Suji hasn't had a match in New Japan since Excursion. I'm like, no, not really. All right. And she's like, all right. But he has a title shot for the biggest title in New Japan. Mm-hmm. So it confused her. It kind of confused me a bit. But then I watched the match and I'm just like, yeah. I don't care. This match is awesome. Uh, and turns out I really like Yoda Suji's moveset as well. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm completely 100% convinced, but I, th- I thought, like, for, for a guy whose first match is this spot at Dominion, he crushed it. Like, I liked it. Uh, it, it. And he's very confident and cocky which will feed into the post-match because uh, at the start of the match, turns his back on Sonata. He's like, hey, fuck you. Guess who my friends are? Which also bleeds into Yoda Suji's days as a young lion because Naito always fucked with him, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and Yoda Suji always, like, fucking, like, loved Naito and wanted to be part of LJ, and they'd always go, oh, fist bump, fist bump. No, whack in the nuts or something, you know? <laughs> so now he's in LJ, so this guy's over the moon. He's got... He's got Naito supporting him. Like, oh, okay. He's got this. He's got this smile on his face that he always puts on. It's not, not like a Bodella smile. It's not like a cocky smile. It's more like I'm gonna fucking destroy you kind of smile. Scary. Yeah. This. And they play it smart to start off with. The bell rings, and these guys just circle each other while the crowd's just like cheering and going on, going off. And very slowly, these guys just start. Uh, filling each other out and i can't remember all of yoda suji's moveset but it looks uh, it looks gnarly he likes his he likes his curb stomps i know i noticed that uh he's just they made me believe by the way that this man who hasn't had any matches like the commentary the vibe everything it's just like what? Oh, there's not even Okada or Jay White or any of these young lions who went on to absolutely smash it in New Japan have managed to do this on their debut. And then I see him wrestle Sonata, and <clears throat> Sonata's trying the Sonata things, and you're just like, no, nah, I've got all this shit scouted. You don't, have, you don't even have anything of mine scouted. And 
Yoda's just beating the shit out of Sonata for really good portions of the match. So it, it it's just really cool stuff. It, it's it's fresh as hell. Like you got Sonata the champion and this Yoda Suji. I'm glad he doesn't have that that look that he had when we watched what Royal Quest Two. The jacket, yeah, the, the pants, with the, the, the pants and boots with the tassels, whatever, and that long hair he's got now. Mm, yeah. Yes, it's good. Uh, it's fucking awesome. His move sets fantastic. There's really cool near falls. They make me believe that Yoda Suji on his debut will win the world heavyweight title. So respect there. But hey. Yeah, a lot of wrestlers don't have this move too scouted yet. He, he manages, to, oh, he manages to get out of it though for the first time. Deadfall, Sonata hits Deadfall, yeah. mm-hmm. and Yoda Suji just kind of handstands out of it and stands up. The crowd goes fucking nuts. I'm going nuts too. He's just like, oh my, oh my god, no one's ever done that at a Deadfall. All right, we're, we're, all right. I think Yoda's winning this, but uh, eventually <laughs> there's another Deadfall, and Sonata picks up the win. Uh, I, I think, like, as I'm watching this, I'm mentally preparing my brain for uh, this new Yoda Suji to win. But I'm also hoping, like, I can't believe I'm saying this again. I'm not ready for Sonata's reign to end, especially since, like, his first singles title run for the United States title was cursed as fuck. So I'm glad they're keeping the belt on him for a bit and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Actually, it made me think, all right, if Yoda wins this, maybe Sonata wins the G1. But I don't think he'll win it this year because I don't have the chance to win. But any, anyway, this is a great time. Uh, if Yoda Suji felt nervous, I didn't see it in his wrestling at all. I saw a guy that arrived and was like, yep, I'm here. I'm a star. Look what I can do. And uh, I thought even though he lost, he looked awesome. And I want to see what he does next. So they booked him in a loss on his debut. It's not that mind shattering he lost to the champ this you don't you don't hurt that much losing against the champ do you and he looked amazing like a million bucks doing it so uh i think it worked uh post match there's something interesting you can talk about if you like but uh what did you think of this match well i got a lot to say luke um this is i found this to be fascinating this match was very fascinating because there's a lot going on as with always new japan main events or you know major storylines there's so many layers you know because we got lij kind of like hesitantly being like okay i guess you're our leader now suji at the beginning kind of like you know they're like it's weird i don't know they fist bump him but it's more like a deference kind of which is weird so that was really strange uh also i do love his gear you're right it's dope but the like so Suji, like, he's only hit one move on Sonata, and that was that spear when he attacked him out of nowhere, and that's why he's got this match. So it's like Sonata only knows about that move because there's no preview tags, and that was definitely part of the story. And so it's great because as soon as Sonata tries to do any of his shit, like, Suji just spears him. And it's all awkward and looks like a real spear out of the air. Like, Sonata's trying to do his leapfrog. Nope. Fuck you. You're not doing any of your shit. You're not double leapfrogging and, and then drop kicking me. I'm just going to spear you, which is great because that's Sonata is the champ. He's going to learn as the match goes on. And that's kind of what happens because later on he dodges several 
of the spears because the spears are coming and that's like i guess that's uh suji's dragon spear you know or something like that we'll see it kind of may set everything else up but what's great suji's uh like in-ring style is a like new japan luchador heavyweight that's what he is right so he hits that giant spear and then just knocks uh sonata the outside and hits a fosbury flop everyone's like what (laughs) this shit's amazing which by the way that is called the fosbury flop because it's named after fosbury the guy who was the first guy ever to jump backwards over the ropes for you know over the doohickey for a uh for the high jump over the doohickey uh, (laughs) you know the crossbar there you go so also we have a big mistake in this match and that is that sonata tries to do his little swing giant swing thing but it's just a little swing and it's a fucking trash one compared to claudio's yeah <laughs> sorry sonata but uh, yeah man it's it's we've look we've been reminded on of uh how the swing's done mate sorry sorry <laughs> you right. see like suji puts a brab on and he's smiling like a fucking psychopath. And then he's like, oh, perhaps not enough. And he picks up Sonata in that, like, Joshi hanging brap thing. And it's like, what? And that was awesome. Then he sets up like he's going to hit a vertebraker. And we get bad camera work because we can't see Sonata. All we see, it's like the camera's from straight in front of Suji, right at him. So we can't see Sonata take the bump. And all of a sudden, Sonata's on his back. It looked like he was trying to hit a vertebraker, but like Sonata didn't bump like it was a vertebraker. Either way, it was terrifying. I just kind of want to see that move next time. That was frustrating. But uh, man, so the crowd was like kind of like 80% Suji, right? They, they were so behind Suji. So when he lost, they were kind of pissy. Uh, but it was really great because, you know, Sonata was like, oh, he gets it. You know, that, that it's kind of pit, they're a little pissy. So he kind of gives the good job, kid, and, and starts joking around and says he's going to win the G1 and challenge Tai Chi and stuff. But while that's going on, this is like, this is the big like story thing that makes, gives us yet another layer is that Suji's smiling, you know, as he's like selling his way to the back and he looks to LIJ to help him to the back and they're like, nah. And they make the young lions help them to the back. And then they they just leave. <laughs> they totally just fucking bailed on on, on Yoda Suji, which is and I, I like I like what they're doing at LAJ too. They've been like, oh Sonata left us because he wanted to be part of a team, which has made them to be part of a team. But then Yoda Suji leaves at the end and they're just like, Yeah, we're still a team, but uh yeah, fuck this guy. So he's going to have to prove himself, I guess, after not winning the big one, which probably would have proved himself, wouldn't it? Beyond all doubt. But uh, looks like uh, Yoda Suji, who always was trying to prove himself to Naito as a young boy, now that he's back from excursion, guess what he has to do? Still, yeah, prove himself to Tetsuya Naito. So I'm into this story big time. I like it. Yeah, it it may just be further hazing, which is probably what it is. Or it may be like, you're not an LIJ. You know, I don't know. We'll see. Oh, what? Wait, right. What was his gimmick? His gimmick? Okay, so he has a goofy, uh, like, translation gimmick, too. It's a Gene Blast. He's the Gene Blast. <laughs> what? Gene Blast is my favorite energy drink, too, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, man, that was very funny that his name is Gene Blast, and there's all kinds of fun Twitter jokes about that. So. Oh, my goodness. Yes, there is. Man, what a dominion 
not only was it a really good show, but it's also a really interesting show with that gave uh, has given us you and I lots and lots of cool shit to talk about to the point where like hey we're an hour and a half on one show we're doing pretty good. This Dominion ruled. Uh, I, I, I loved. Well, yeah, kind of loved, liked to loved all the matches and so much stuff going on, so much story stuff. We're getting spoiled with it almost, you know. So it, I'm so excited with what New Japan's doing and where, where they're going. But yeah. fascinated by Bullet Club, you know. So yeah, like all the factions of uh, the. I think the only the only really stale faction that hasn't really gotten much in terms of new members, oh, except maybe Leo Rush, is, is kind of chaos. It's going on with chaos, but uh, yeah, who cares? Yeah, fuck chaos. So, I think we should celebrate, and uh, what better way to celebrate than uh, chipping away at our almost expended backlog of uh, New Japan Pro Wrestler Diaries. We have we have two. Uh, I figured you gave me the choice of which one to do. And uh, oh, what do you know? Uh, I, heard, I barely saw Yo, and uh, I can save his for next week. So we got a Bushi diary. I, I would like to point out to the listeners that every time Luke says, "Oh, well, you told me you wanted this one," or "You you said that I should do this one," that never happened. <laughs> I just want to let you know. I make stories up in my head and they're all true. It's Shut so up. funny. Yep. That uh, makes me laugh. Every I'm time. a dreamer. Dreamer. All right. I did what? So, you heard me. That's right. How dare you? All right. So Jay, Jay sent us this in. Jay sent us this diary. Like she does all of them. Thank you, Jay. It is dated 24th of April, 2023. It's got the same kind of weird mask slash sad mask drawing that the last oh, one had yeah. episode 248 Los Angeles so unlike someone who's only got like 20 something entries in their diary uh, Bushi is definitely a journaler and appreciates and likes doing these I guess but anyway let's do it this is Bushi from not too long ago here we are there's one thing that has plagued me for years I tend to gnash my, ch- my teeth during sleep. Apparently, I bite down hard, and it makes a sound like... <laughs> squeak, 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 squeak. What? Who told me that? Well, I'm just guessing what it sounds like. Lol. When I went to the dentist, the doctor told me that my teeth are worn down because I grind my teeth so much, so I have to wear a mouthpiece when I sleep. I've cracked that mouthpiece many times, and sometimes I get drunk and forget to put it in. However, I heard from my doctor about something that can free me from this problem. Botox injections in my jaw. <laughs> what? I went to see my doctor a few, a few tours ago, and the doctor told me that there are different levels of potency when it comes to Botox injections, and that the stronger injections will make it even harder to chew a piece of meat. By the way, um, I don't know if you know this, Mr. Guy, but uh, I'm guessing you're going to find out now. Medical stuff freaks me out. And I hate needles. So thanks, Jay. I get to read the word injection multiple, multiple, multiple. This is like someone from a guy who can watch movies where guys get their fucking head yeah. ripped open and shit like well, that. Just, just picture I, the injection and make it easier. No, I don't want. No! That's even worse. Yeah, no! <laughs> You're fucking with me now. That's all right. 
Well, everyone who knows that about me will eventually use it against me. It's just it's just how it works. I didn't yeah. wait long. Here's the fuel that you need to rag on me. Whoa, that's interesting. Loops of medical wars. Anyway, well, my condition's pretty bad, so I got the strong version, and that night I went to get a steak. I could chew it no problem at all. I wonder if my jaw is too strong. <laughs> While I'm at it, I had a mole on my face removed with laser and spent some time off. I'm currently in the middle of the Dontaku series. Each of us has our own reasons for fighting, but unfortunately, I'm the only one with any real motivation. Wow. There are five members of Just Five Guys. We, Los Engoblanables de Japan, also have five members. But Titan is in Mexico. I don't know what to do because we have to work around CMLL's <laughs> schedule. There is no reason for me to fight with, with Taka Michinoku. But is it okay if he is the only person who gets to talk on the mic? Doesn't he want to get back in the ring? I'm available for a match. That said, Taka Michinoku's past achievements are great. I respect him. I've heard stories that you can tell your that you can tell your fortune by the moles on your face. I had mine lasered off. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. <laughs> okay. Right. That fucking ending was amazing. Yes. I mean, <laughs> that's very funny. But I got a problem with this, Luke. This is not in character. <laughs> no. Bushi talking about his life. And it's like, what up, Bushi? Don't do that. Don't talk about your jaw. <laughs> please please talk about your face. You know, the one thing we have never seen. Uh, and <laughs> he did mention some wrestling in it, which is also a nice little bonus near the yeah. end. I'm not mad at it, but it's it's not. I mean, I'm just saying. He should stay in character. They should all stay in character. It's always better when they're in character, you know, but that's just my opinion. I mean, like if it was Bushi in character, he would have fucking, you know, hit the doctor, you know, with the mist after the Botox injection being like, oh, my jaw is much better. You know, that's what he should have been talking about, about how he can't do the mist because his fucking jaw hurts. Come on. <laughs> Don't make me write your fucking entry for you. Come on. Hey, if they paid us to write diaries. Oh my God! Everyone is going to feel like these wrestlers are insane. <laughs> Actually, I feel like I some know. of these wrestlers are insane already. Yeah. They do fine on their own, you know. Yeah. All that. I don't but, uh, wow, Luke. Well, the next shows coming up are New Japan Road, which are generic ass, uh, you know, tag shows where we'll see some of these uh, storylines, but not all of them play out. You know, and maybe some storylines will return. Maybe we'll get Ren Narita back and uh, Suzuki. And Desperado, we'll see. Desperado was in some GCW tournament, and John Wayne Murdoch pinned him, which is a thing that happened. And uh, by the way, okay. you're wrong. What? Uh, the next show. Oh yeah. Is all together again, which is yeah. the Noah Old Japan and New Japan joint show, which uh, I think will be pretty awesome. Uh, it will. If you've heard us cover something that involves two promotions before everyone let me let me just warn everyone that uh hey we can do the new japan pro wrestling names no freaking problem we're awesome at it we're practiced we're well versed yeah we're gonna butcher the fucking names of people from the other companies we just want to apologize in advance if uh you've heard it here first so there you go this is uh i don't even know a lot of the guys in it and i don't care, I don't care. three promotions all intermingling and wrestling each other Hook it up to my veins. Um, by the way, we're getting Renderita, El Desperado, and Suzuki versus Junta, Miyawaki, 
Takeshi Segura and uh, Naomichi Marafuji. Yeah. <sighs> yes, please. Fun. There's a lot yeah. of good shit on that show and a lot of stuff. It's fun to see new people or to do the whole thing. We're like, oh, yeah, I remember them. You know, that's always a good time on a lot of these shows. But uh, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be fun. We got, uh, you know, Shota Uno versus Yoshitatsu. That's the that's number one in my book on what I want to see on that show. Well, I do know that Tomohiro Ishii is on one team and Masa Kitamiya yeah. is on the other team. So I want to see those two beat the shit out of each other, please. That's going to be amazing. Uh, he's Unfortunately, Ishii's te- teaming with uh, Bishamon, but uh, that's it's still going to be a cool match. Oh, man, this show is going to be – it's so weird to see Yuji Nagata on the All Japan side, but uh, that's okay. He's yeah. well, uh, their champion. It's going to be even weirder – it's going to be even weirder to see Kano tagging with Kasuchika Okada against, like... Uh, you think they're going to yeah. get along? No. <laughs> no, no, it's not. They're going to I slap tag they... each other, for sure. Dude, you think Naito no-sells Kano? Okada's going to no-sell him. Like, he'll just start screaming at Okada, and Okada's going to act like he isn't there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Awesome. And, and then you've got... Uh, uh, Nakajima and Goshizaki tag teaming together too. So I know they've been doing that for a while in Noah just very recently, but uh, we get to see that, I guess, too. Showtime. That's right. So, yeah, this is going to be a fun show. Only one singles match on it, and unfortunately Yoshitatsu is in it, but uh, at least Shooter Umino is the other guy, and hopefully he wins. That'll be fun. Hopefully Taichi will come out with him. That would be great. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Indeed, I just had a sip of coffee. Sorry about that. You rarely catch me out on that, doing that now, but uh, sometimes, sometimes you will. So, yeah, we've got that, and then you're right. We do have sh- generic New Japan Road shows, which y- you're also right. It's probably just going to be general tags. Maybe we'll see a six- – oh, I was going to say maybe on one of these shows we might see a six-man never defense. <laughs> no way. But I'm like, uh, who's the champions again? Okada and Tanahashi. Yeah, those belts get defended when uh, when those belts get defended. So <laughs> maybe we'll get the junior tag matches and the heavyweight tag matches on the show. Yeah, those shows that, that that might happen. We'll see. I'm also hoping on some of these generic Road to Wrestle Kingdom shows uh, that we'll see some AEW guys turn up for a match yeah. or two, or just for an entrance to be like, hey, let's set up a match. It's perfect, perfect opportunity. So. Uh, why not? Because at the end of the month will be Forbidden Door 2. Nice. Yeah, my fantasy dream book had the Combat Club guys winning the six-man titles, and then like every week one of the guys from the New Japan team coming over and attacking them or something like that, you know, or leading up to Forbidden Door. That was my that, fantasy That's dream. good in theory, but uh, unfortunately for us, uh, Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli uh, not Eddie Kingston and Lance Archer, and they get used in AW, so they're busy. <laughs> yeah, fair There might be a little... Wait, you want us to win what belts? No, nah, no, nah, we're too busy for that. <laughs> well, hey, man, Jay White's going to get a singles match. Can you believe it? Where? Against who? When? Ricky Starks? He's going to wrestle him. Oh, right? yeah, I'm dynamite. Uh, I'm just like, yeah, cool, let's have that match just so that feud can be over and we can have <laughs> Jay White do something befitting Jay White. Because uh, uh, he's awesome, and you need to use him awesomely. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Definitely. All right, Mr. Guy. So 
we are at the end of our show, and unless there is something that Mr. Guy would like to add. Engato, we trust. <laughs>